1: <laughs>
2: welcome everyone to the points in the paint podcast presented by stadium we are stadium's number one nba podcast i'm ben wittenstein
1: and i am of course zach badger house always in the house
2: we've got dave king on the podcast today everything Woo-hoo. about the phoenix suns he talks about their win streak playing the warriors the future of the suns this year Uh, DeAndre Ayton talks about everything. So we appreciate Dave coming on, friend of the show now. And we talked about him. Maybe we'll have him back on in the Western Conference Finals when the Suns are in the Western (laughs) Conference Finals. Maybe in the NBA Finals. Playoff
1: preview, if you will. (laughs) Because, uh, yeah, Suns are looking good, Zach. Oh, yeah, they definitely looking good. And sounds like... Dave's kind of keeping himself level-headed for the most part. I mean, he you is. know, which is pretty good. So, you know, you don't want to get a two above yourself. You stay stay grounded, if you will. You know, you don't want to get too cocky with the best record or tied for the best record <laughs> in the NBA. So, you know, it's just a pleasure to have Dave on.
2: It was. It's good. And it, it's good to hear about one of the best teams uh, in the league as well. You can find us on Twitter at points paint. Give us a shout-out if you want. We'd love to hear from you. Um, on Twitter at pointspate. We're on YouTube. We're on, um, Instagram. We're everywhere, Zach. Facebook. You can find our videos, clips from the show, interviews everywhere, and you can find us everywhere you get the podcast. Also, don't forget, we got a voicemail line. You can give us a call. Voice your opinion. We're, we're getting through December. The NBA season's, uh, almost in the dog days of the NBA season. We're getting there. We'd love to hear your opinion on your favorite team, the injuries, COVID issues, what, whatever you feel like you want to tell us. 773. 773- Two seven three nine zero eight eight seven seven three two seven three nine zero eight eight is the voicemail number. If you want to roast us, if you disagree with anything we say, <laughs> we, we always love to hear it. So anything that's you on go. your mind, voicemails open twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You can also give it a text if you want, um, or tweet at us. You know, there's there's lots of ways to get in touch with
1: us, Zach. Oh yeah, without a doubt, you can reach us. You can add us. And our respective handles on Twitter, you know, Instagram at points paint, Facebook at points paint, Twitter at points paint. It's everywhere. Both of us, you know, we're Hell everywhere. Yeah. Like you we're said, everywhere. voicemail, baby, two seven seven three two seven three nine zero eight eight. Yes, sir. But let's get things started, player. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get in one big thing of the week. Just one thing.
2: One thing. This is the uh, one big thing that Zach oh, and I dude. looked at this week in the NBA. Thought it was worth talking about, and I am gonna go with just COVID. Health and mm. safety protocols, they have been extremely busy the last week or two. Yeah, players going in and out of health and safety protocols, players catching COVID. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's been affecting so far recently. The Chicago Bulls have four players out now because of COVID and, and health and protocol issues. And uh, the Hornets had four or five players out with issues. We've seen players like Joel Embiid, who you want to talk about. He's been out with COVID. He had issues. Um, it, it's just it's slowly but surely moving its way through the NBA. And we're going to start seeing teams with multiple players out because of COVID.
1: Man, listen, Charlotte Hornets, I think they have like four, four players out right now. I know LaMelo's out, Tayro Zero out. I can't name the other two players, but I know they have four. Like you just mentioned with the Bulls, they now have four, including 25 point per game score, DeMar DeRozan. And so, yeah, man, it's kind of, it's circulating. And then John Morant, I think that's the latest one. So not only does he have the knee injury, but he also in safety uh, protocol right now for the Memphis Grizzlies. And so, yeah, Ben, man, COVID's kind of, circulating man around the league. And these are players who are indeed vaccinated and may even have the booster shot as well. So, you know, it's still got to, you know, stay clean, stay precautious, you know, try to do the six feet, try to do the mask as much as you can, you know, the best of your abilities, you know.
2: It's hard. And it's it's the thing is, is luckily because a lot of people are vaccinated. A, it's going to stop the spread of it as quickly as it would if they weren't vaccinated. And B, it's going Mm -hmm. to prevent these guys from actually getting Seriously sick and ending up in the hospital. So if they, if they're vaccinated, for the most part, they're pretty safe. They might not feel well, and and they hopefully don't have too many issues. But for the most part, these guys will stay relatively healthy and and not spread it as much because of the vaccine, which is good for the NBA, it's good for us, it's good for them. So hopefully COVID doesn't become too big of an issue. But it's very very clear, Zach, that I mean we see it in the NFL, and and we're starting to see it now in the NBA where it's just it's spreading to these teams, and these teams will play each other and. Next week, both the teams will have COVID issues and they're going to send guys into health and safety protocols and those guys are going to end up missing maybe 10 days and five games worth of four or five games. You know, it's just, it's going to be something that these teams have to strategize around because you might get a game where five, six guys just are out because of health and safety protocols.
1: Yeah, that's going to be tough, especially towards the, you know, as we get into the real deep into the, you know, the season, as we get towards, you know, January, February, those colder months, you know, it's going to be really interesting how, you know, this season kind of plays out with COVID just, you know, not going anywhere. 100%.
2: All right. What's your one big thing of the week?
1: My one big thing of the week, Ben, is Joel Embiid is back. That man. Like, I don't know if you've seen him these last few games, you know, the three and two since his return in the five games that he's played since coming back from being in safety protocols. And so listen here, you know, he talked about how he thought he wasn't going to make it. And now it looks like he's playing like every game is his last coming off that 43 point performance in the dub and over time against the Charlotte Hornets. And, you know, 25 plus points in three of the five games. Including the last two games, and so that's my one big thing. But then I had another one. You did. I know my one perfect. big thing is so perfect because you talked about them, and I want to talk about them a little bit too, and we could just segue and merge this in all together. <laughs> and I'm gonna just I'm gonna just keep it short. All I want to say is this: the Memphis Grizzlies, they are doing their thing. We just talked about how John Morant. Where it's yeah. not available for the Memphis Grizzlies, they have won five in a row. And because of that, what are you dunking on, sir?
2: I'm dunking on how well the Grizzlies are playing, and I'm dunking <laughs> on the Grizzlies being one of the better teams in the NBA. We talked about a job. He's on health and safety protocols. They're winning games, five games in a row. They're playing some mm-hmm. of their best defense ever. They are giving up. they've given them 90 points a game. In their last five games. I mean, that is unbelievable defense from this Memphis team. You wrote it. Desmond Bain, how impressed have you been?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm down to three ball, man. I, he, so, the Memphis Grizzlies Twitter page, they came out with a little MIP for most of their improve. Now, that may be jumping the gun just a tad bit, but if he keeps this up, being you know, he's scoring about 18 points per game, shooting the ball from deep very well, Desmond Bank for the Memphis Grizzlies. And if he can sustain this, hey, Miles Bridges, and some of those other guys that are most improved player candidates, they may have to watch out, man, because Desmond Bain might be coming. It's
2: it's impressive that how well this Grizzlies team has been able to find talent. And they found it with Ja, obviously. They found it with Dylan Brooks, who just came back, and he's slowly starting to try to make his way back after, after mm-hmm. being inactive for the start of the season and being out intermittently. But if they have Ja... And they have Dylan Brooks healthy. They have Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. This team is starting to look really good. Really good. And it's unfortunate that they had to get rid of Jonas Valanciunas because I think he was a really good player for them. He fit really well with what they were trying to do. And Steven Adams is is great and he's fun and a good guy. I just don't know how well he fits with what that team is trying to do. But they've shown without Ja, they can win five in a row. And they can blow out Oklahoma City by, what was it, 62
1: points? No, it was 73, bro. Yeah, I think it was in the 70s. You're right.
2: (laughs) And it was the biggest win in NBA history by point margin. Like, if you're doing that, something is going right. Because I don't care if you're playing (laughs) the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't care if you're playing the worst team, the Houston Rockets. If you can win a game by 70-plus points in the NBA – you're doing something right. Your your team is on the right track.
1: And what's what's interesting the most, Ben, about this Memphis Grizzly team that have won five in a row as a recording of this podcast, they have not trailed in like twenty quarters, twenty-two quarters. They have not trailed in a game. Since John ja Morant has been out in those five games, they have not trailed yet, Ben. So they're just coming right on out, and we're just throwing the first punch and we're going to keep throwing
2: them ridiculous maybe it's time to trade john Morant. <laughs> <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> i say jokingly um let's see so that was my dunk i am denying the dallas mavericks the team Uh-oh. actually that the grizzlies are playing as we record this on wednesday night so maybe the whole thing with the grizzlies may be done if the mavericks win tonight but the mavericks zach uh have not impressed me and in fact, they have depressed me. They, I, I've been very disappointed in the way the Mavericks have been playing this season. They are two of their last ten in the win category. Two and eight in their last ten. Eleven and twelve. They're game under five hundred. They went tonight. They're at five hundred. They've lost three in a row before Wednesday night's game. Luke is coming back, as you said to me before we started recording. He's got issues with uh, coming back and being
1: conditioned.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I just—it's not a well-built team. It's not a
1: well-coached team by any means. I, I any—I thought they're the doing teams, a good job uh, with KP for the most part. At least with what I saw with the Brooklyn game and how they were utilizing KP, I thought it was fairly decent. Your man's out of shape, nah?
2: Oh yeah, Doncic <laughs> is a big old chubby boy. Um, I, I, and the thing is that with that team is. Kristaps and Doncic don't go together. They should not be on the same team. I I don't think so. And the team has tried this. And and maybe it's because they just haven't been able to play a ton together because one of them is always getting hurt or something. But they just don't seem to fit together. I think that the Mavs would be better off with a true big man center. I I don't think they need the type of Kristaps Porzingis player because we've seen it. When Doncic has been out and Kristaps has the floor to himself, he plays well. That's his style. But when you have to have him as the second fiddle and you put Doncic as the first guy out there, they don't gel well together. They have to be staggered in different lineups. I I just think it could be a better organized, a better put together team. And I think that's a big reason why they are not playing so well as of late.
1: Well, player. The team I am going to dunk on is a team I know you feel very (laughs) happy about. (laughs) Love it. That's the Chicago Bulls. I am dunking on them remaining a top four team in the Eastern Conference. DeRozan out? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Lonzo step up. Zach Levine steps up. You know, IO comes off the bench. Career numbers. You know, it's nothing. You know, and I can't wait to have Cam back on so I can just, you know, toot my own horn about IO and how I say, you know, he's going to be in that rotation. He's just, he's a stud, you know, IO a stud, you know? So the fact that he's in that rotation, he's playing well, he's getting minutes now. He just had came off a game where he started. And so the future's First bright start. for him, you know, with other guys being out and allowing him to get, earn those minutes and, you know, get that experience early on as this rookie is rookie season continues. I'm liking the Chicago Bulls being as a top four. See, yeah,
2: I think they've been great. I think they looked really great. We'll see how they play against the Cavs as we record this, but they've been winning games and they've had players in health and protocol issues. And the Rosen has been one of those. Alex Caruso has been out as well mm-hmm. with issues. Um, you, you just had people in and out of the lineup and the team's just smooth sailing, smooth sailing, no issues. They've been, they've been beating teams that they probably shouldn't have beaten. I, mean, I don't know how good the nuggets are right now this season, but that was a close game. The Bulls fought their, fought their way through it thanks to, to IO and, They've just they've been playing well, and there was a pocket a, a week or two ago where they were losing games. It was a tough stretch of games, like five games in seven days. They didn't really make it through well, but they bounce back, and that's what they you did. want from good teams. Every team, no matter how good or bad, unless you're you know the '96 Bulls is going to be going through issues <laughs> throughout the season where they lose a few games in a row, and the, the the determination of how good your team is is how you bounce back from that. And the Bulls have certainly bounced back, and they. They just they look good. They they look like they like playing together. Chemistry is high. Zach Levine is playing well. Lonzo's playing well. It's been great, Zach. I, I've I have loved to watch this Bulls team
1: this season. You you know who can't seem to bounce back, and yeah. I'm just I'm just done. I dunked on them last week. I'm denying them this week, and it's the same way. I done dunked on them blowing them up. Now I'm just denying them even being relevant. They just need to just. Yeah. explode it all. You feel me? And that's the Portland Trail Blazers. The Portland Trail Blazers, being they got it. It has to happen. They got to blow it up. Now, I know Dame wants the extension, the two-year extension for the $100 million, $100 million plus. Man, listen, if I'm the new GM, I got to get rid of everybody. And that's no disrespect to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum because we know they're both star-level players. But mm-hmm. we just got to go to rebuild mode, right? This team, 100%. they've lost the playoffs. Every year, what, the furthest they ever gotten is Western Conference Finals, you know, but they've made the postseason with that bad court. Nine straight playoff appearances. So nine times in a row. And so I can respect that. You guys have done a lot for this organization, you know, keeping us relevant, keeping us in the postseason when other teams were not able to do so. Even with injuries, we've been able to stay relevant come April. But now it's just time, man. Cue, <laughs> cue the violin. It's time to just break up the Portland Trailblazers, man. Uh,
2: yeah, and I it, it it really does suck to say that because I have loved Dame and CJ and seeing all that and you know the the, the lung with CJ that's tough. Like that's that's a really tough break for for CJ. But I, I think you do have to to just end the way the Portland Trailblazers have been trying to go for the past four or five years. It's, it's just time. Time to break him up. Time to start over. Chauncey, I don't really know how good of a coach he is at this point. I wouldn't say he's a great coach, but I think it's just time. Time everyone in that team goes their separate ways, goes off to different teams, and, and the Trailblazers just look to rebuild and, and do their best at doing that. I mean, even someone like Amfordy Simons, who I think was supposed to probably be better than he has been, mm-hmm. he's panned out to be okay. He's been fine, but he'll be better. So. Listen, I, I, I'm I on full agreement. You got to blow them up.
1: <laughs> All right, what do we want to see this week, Zach? I would like to see the Houston Rockets continue to blast off. Because they messed around. And when their coach was on the hot seat, this random yeah. hot seat, you know, they throwed the a little report out there that, you know, he could potentially be fired. They said, hold on now. We got to defend this man. When Christian Woods goes out there, and he steps up. He's averaging like 25 and 12 in this win streak that they have. They've won six in a row as a recording of this podcast. I am proud of that team, man. I really am. I am so proud of them. That young team out there, no John Wall. Remember we, last time we talked, they said they might throw him out there. They still haven't done that yet. And he's, they still be able to keep winning these games. I'm proud of the Houston Rockets out there with Coach Steven Silas.
2: All right, what I want to see is I want to see the Bulls, how they respond. And we've seen it a little bit, but I just want to see how they respond without all their players. Because Mm -hmm. I think this is really what is going to make – it's not going to make or break the season, but it's going to make the Bulls see who they really are. And I want to see how they play without DeRozan. I want to see how they play without Caruso for an extended period of time. I just want to see how they take advantage of the opportunity. They're not going to have Kobe White, so it's going to be Io DeSumo's time to step up and score some baskets and play defense, which he does well. So this is, this is the time that the Bulls have to really see who they are in the inside to see what their core is because they are mm-hmm. missing some very key guys, which have been crucial to their success through the start of the season. So if they play well during the stretch when they're struggling with some COVID issues and players are out with, with injuries and health and, and safety protocols, if they continue to win like this. I'm not going to be worried about them. I'm not going to be worried about them <laughs> for the rest of the season because it shows that. Next man up mentality, next guy to come in, they're going to be able to, to step in their spot, and they're going to be able to still win games. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what the Bulls can do without some of their best players in the coming days. Stat of the week?
0: One, two, three, four, five.
1: <laughs> Now listen here. We got two stats of the week. I wanted to share one with you. I appreciate and that. And that's the first one. Yeah, you know, the first one, you can go ahead and tell the folks the first one. I wanted you to, you know, give out the first
2: yeah. one. Listen, I appreciate it. You find two stats of the week and you share one with me. <laughs> I that's, that's selflessness. I respect that. Uh, stat of the week, number one, 25. Franchise record, 25 made threes for the Atlanta Hawks against the Timberwolves. They were on fire from downtown.
1: Mm-hmm. And that was a great game because – they were underdogs in that game, Ben. Yeah. They went into that game as underdogs against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they came out on top, and you know who took them. <laughs> you know who took the Atlanta you I' You know always took who took the, take the race
0: for that team.
2: <laughs> it's always going to be Trey Young, forever
1: and yes, ever. Yes, sir. Ice-traded gang. And now um, this. Number this, two, second, right? The second set of the week. Number two. I like this one, Ben, because this one provides some detail. And to the way the season has gone, and a lot of people haven't talked about this either, Ben. You know we haven't for sure. And I haven't really seen it in the other NBA circulation as well. And that's 34.7. And that's the average three-point percentage right now in the NBA. And that's the lowest since 2003, almost 20 years, Ben. Almost 20 years. And I know why. Why? You want to know why? I do want to know why. The new basketball, okay. apparently the new basket. you know, we didn't really talk about the new basketball, you know, they, you know, the contract with Spaulding with the NBA was over. So they transitioned to Wilson and now the new ball for the most, for not necessarily the most part, but some players, notable players too, Paul, George to, you know, name off one really was kind of uncomfortable. Kind of, kind of get used to the new ball. And so that may be one of the reasons why we haven't seen, you know, a lot of three-point shots get, you know, made throughout the course of this season.
2: Yeah, that's a really low percentage, 34.7. And mm-hmm.
1: it makes sense to blame
2: it on the ball. And I know I know, offense in general this season is down, so maybe that is because of the new basketball where players are getting used to it. I remember, what was it, back in 2006, 2007? It was yeah, 2006 when they had that new bad. ball. I, I played with that ball a couple times. It was terrible. It was horrible. Yeah, was like it. it was slippery. It, it, it just felt. The, it didn't have the lines. Yeah, it didn't have little grooves. It was it was very bizarre. It was not a good basketball. That lasted one year, and the the players complained too much. I don't not know even if this a is year. I think it was like a half season. Yeah, it was it was really bad. So anytime the NBA has messed with the balls or changed up the the format of how they make these basketballs. Something happens, and for that to be 34.7% is is huge. And we're seeing it affect games. We're seeing it affect betting because betting totals are a lot lower. We used to see games in the 220s for totals all the time, 230s all the time. And now it is very rare to see that this season. And I think the lower three-point percentage is to blame. You can blame other things. The the officials not calling takey-tack fouls or the pump fake fouls, and that could be a big reason. But it is interesting to to see finally on paper, now that we're 20-plus games through the season, 34.7%. 34.7%. That's low. Super low. <laughs> uh all right. Your game of the week. Before we get to Dave King, what's your game of the week? What are you looking about, Zach?
1: Uh the game of the week. Utah Jazz, Philadelphia 76ers. That is a game between two premier centers in the league. At least one of them is for the you know, one of them is, you know, the other one, you know. We'll leave that to the rest of the NBA <laughs> fans to decide. And that's Joel Embiid and Rudy Gobert. <laughs> so they'll be playing and I like the Philadelphia 76ers Thursday night against the Utah Jazz money line. That's the game that I like. I believe that Joel Embiid will feed <laughs> Rudy. <laughs> Interesting. A little poem there. I like Yeah, you. a little, a little poem. <laughs>
2: All right, let's go to our Dave King interview. We uh, love to have Dave on. He was great. He, he was great to listen to. So here's Dave King and us talking about everything Phoenix Suns.
1: Let's welcome back a wonderful guest here on the Points in the Paint podcast all the way down in the Valley, the managing editor for SB Nation's Bright Side Sun covering everything, all things Phoenix Suns, Mr. Dave King. Hey, how you doing today? I'm really glad to come back. Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. And, you know, great season for the Phoenix Suns last year, and we previewed them before the season started. And, you know, Dave, just three seasons ago, you know, this team only had 19 wins. And now look at them, right? They've won, what, 19 of their last 20? So how has life been really riding high for the, for that Phoenix Suns team
0: <laughs> out there, uh, west? From 19 and 63... To a stretch of 19 and one. Yeah, pretty good. Things are going really, really well. Uh, the same three, actually what's, what's crazy is that for the first time that I could find in league history, the same three top players mm-hmm. and three of the top four players, Deandre Aiden, Mikel Bridges and Devin Booker were part of a 17 game losing streak and a 17 plus game winning streak for the same team. That trio as no one has ever lost seventeen straight and then won seventeen plus straight the uh, the 18 straight that the suns won this past uh, the streak that ended this past week was the um the sixteenth longest in league history sounds like that's not a lot mean you're talking thirty teams seventy five years that's pretty darn long, and the seventeen game losing streak a few years ago was one of the longest in history as well. No trio has ever done both let alone for the same team.
2: What's been clicking for the team? I mean, obviously, they've been, they've been. I don't want to say surprising, and I was talking to Zach about this in the last episode about how, of course, they started slow, and a lot of people talked about how, oh, it's like, you know, the hangover after the finals, and, and people were kind of expecting them to start slow. And then they come out with this huge win streak. What what do you think kind of started clicking for the team? Because it's hard to say, you know, they built the chemistry because we all they did such good jobs last year playing together. What what kind of started clicking after a rough start?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the team just basically just started deciding that they were going to close out the games and play better. I mean, look, no one player is having a career year. They're just not. Uh Chris Paul is having an average year for him. Devin Booker is having about the same year he had uh, the last three years. DeAndre Aiden is having about the same year. They're all having nobody's having a career year like back back when the Phoenix Suns uh, just thinking, um, you know, in my myopic vision back in the 2013-14 year when they suddenly jumped up to 48 wins. The entire roster had career years. Followed up by career duds, and most of them weren't in the league a few years later. It's just, wow. yeah, yeah, I know, right? And it's just one of those, That's you wild. know, uh, miracles that happened way back then. This team is not a miracle. This team is just playing basketball. And even during their win streak, of course, the win streak mattered to them. But uh, they were really just every day is 1-0. Every day we want to go 1-0. no. And Chris Paul has instilled that grinder mindset and Monty Williams coming from the Greg Popovich tree comes from the pounding the rock mindset. It's just every day is a new day and, uh, you got to work hard to get better. Um, of course, every team says that, but when you right. watch Chris Paul and Monty Williams on the sidelines, Chris Paul on the court, Devin Booker on the court, you see that that worker mindset of head down, just do it. Really permeates through that team, and they've and they've learned it. So, what are they doing? They're doing the exact same thing they did a year ago, and um, almost the exact same thing they were doing in the bubble without Chris Paul, pre Chris Paul, when they went eight no in the bubble with just Monty Williams, just quote unquote Monty Williams and Devin Booker <laughs> and and those guys maturing. Then Chris Paul came in to be the the head of the snake, and it's just been no look back. The Suns have the most wins in the league since the beginning of the bubble since the beginning of the last year. And since the beginning of this year, no wow. team has won more games at any of those milestone points than the Phoenix Suns.
1: Wow. That's crazy. So
0: yeah,
1: it is pretty crazy. And then I'll think about, you know, the first matchup with the golden state warriors and how well they defended uh, Steph Curry. How did they do such a good job with that?
0: Well, uh, you know, the Warriors, uh, they are so good at getting Steph open, running Steph off a of screen after screen. They'll, they'll run him off three screens and in the middle there, he'll do a ghost screen or he'll do a hide screen or whatever where he runs to a screen and then rejects it. Usually you only see that on players with the ball, uh, where they'll reject a the screen and run the other way when the screen comes. Uh, Curry will do that running off ball. It's just crazy how, how wide open he gets despite being The guy in the lineup nobody wants to let have open. But uh, Draymond Green and Steph Curry both commented on how Mikkel Bridges just ran with him the entire time. Got skinny, ran through the screens, uh, stayed light on his feet, so he'd reject the screen with him. You know, he'd stay with Steph the whole time. Steph was exhausted by the end of the game. And when you jump forward to Friday's game, even though uh, we'll talk about Friday's rematch in Golden State, I'm sure – But Steph didn't do much better in that game either. It's just that he, he made a couple of more shots, but really when, uh, Mikel was on him, he still barely made a shot. Um, it was when Mikel was out with that, with that tweaked finger that, um, Steph kind of made some shots or, or got switched on to other players. But what did they do Tuesday? They basically stopped. They got, they made it so hard for Steph Curry and none of his teammates stepped up because the rest of the Suns were so locked in on the backside that they didn't let Golden, the the weak side guys get open on cuts and things like that. So um that was one of the best defensive games I've seen from the Suns. They are number two in the league. Golden State's number one in the league um, in defense, both of those, even though they're they're known kind of for their offense.
2: How uh how promising was that to see Steph struggle against the Suns? Because the way it's looking right now is probably Suns-Warriors for the Western Conference Final, just the way the standings are looking at right now and just looking towards the future. But how how promising is that as someone who's a fan of the Suns, it covers the Suns, to see them be able to stop Steph Curry and at least not let him completely annihilate the Suns' defense?
0: Yeah, no, what's even more promising than Tuesday is that they basically did it again Friday. Now, yeah. Friday was different circumstances. It was in Oakland, so there was extra energy throughout the Warriors' team playing yeah. in front of their fans, as there should be. Um, the, but the Suns were on a back-to-back where the Warriors didn't have any games in between those two matchups. They had two days off. The Suns played a back-to-back. Uh, the Suns were on the back end of that. And the Suns were on the uh, – mentally, they were a little fatigued. They were on the end of an 18-game winning streak. You know, they were at an 18-game winning streak. It's it's hard to be up every single night. And so it took a a, a dislocated finger from Mikel Bridges missing a quarter, Totally not playing De- Devin Booker, uh, because right. of his pulled hamstring. Uh, Cameron Payne, their, their most likely guy to score and when Ke- Mikel and Devin are out, he shot three for 17 in that game. It was just one of those games where, um, the, the Suns are going to lose at some point. And, uh, it, and when the Warriors were totally not, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Warriors. They played really, really well, but the Suns showed that they can play with that. And that's what had me encouraged is that Steph still didn't go off, even though he desperately wanted to, you know, just energy-wise, right, not desperate in a negative way, but desperate, desperate in a positive way. Steph plays with joy. He plays with excitement. He plays with fun. And uh, they weren't able to start um, having a lot of fun. The Warriors, are, uh, it, the game was still uh, 58-56 in the third quarter, mm-hmm. and then it looked like the Suns hit a wall. You know, and suddenly the Warriors, of course, the Warriors fans will say, well, that's what we do every game. We wait until the other team runs out of energy. Then you blow up the doors off. And the Warriors kind of did that on Friday. But the Suns had a lot of reason to have hit a wall that Friday night. So I'm, I always take, and last year uh, in the regular season, the Suns, when they lost a game in the second half after they got going, they would lose on the back end of a back-to-back against a hot shooting team. The Warriors mm. made almost 50% of their threes in that game. That's above average, even for the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, so um, really, if you're going to lose and it's on the back-to-back, on the back end of the back-to-back, and the other team hits 50% of their threes, that's okay to call that a loss. Yeah, so, uh, And the Suns had a couple of those against the Clippers last year, yet they beat them in the playoffs. Um, yeah, uh, we can talk about injuries in the playoffs last year and all that, but we already did on your, on the preseason pod. Um, the Suns are showing that they're the class of the West along with the warriors. And I can't wait to see them in the Western conference finals. You know, knock on
1: wood. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. And I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been two new additions on this team that I believe are hidden gems on this roster right now. That's Landry Shamit. And JaVale McGee. Talk a little bit about their contri uh, contrib- contrib- a little bit about how they've been able to yeah, contribute to the team. Yeah, <laughs> I get that too
0: sometimes. <laughs> uh yeah, so JaVale McGee has been uh just incredible as a backup center. Look, the guy was shacked in a fool the first half of his career. And then the second as a starter, attempting to be a starter and a star. Then the second half of his career, he comes in, and he's got three gold medals, or excuse me, three world championships and a gold medal. And how did he do that? By being an incredible role player. Where even with the Lakers, when he did nominally start for the Lakers in a couple of, in in one of those championships and then for the Warriors and the other two, he was only a 20 minute a guy, a game guy. He wasn't trying to play big minutes. He stayed within his role. He was a shot blocker, um, a pick and roll finisher and just an energy guy in quick five minute, four minute stints three times a game or so. And that's exactly what he's doing for the Suns this year. He's, he's staying within himself. He's doing, he's putting in maximum energy within four to five minute stints. Monty Williams has talked about that. He's like, you know, you can't play JaVale for too many minutes in a row or he gets tired. And when you get tired, you start making bad decisions. Monty didn't say that bad decisions <laughs> are, but, um, he did say that he gets <laughs> tired. And, um, we see that that translates into what the heck did JaVale just do? You know, throw the ball in the backcourt while sitting on his bum after he tripped on his way into the paint and right. gi- giving up a turnover. I mean, that's old JaVale. He only does that when he's tired. So if you keep him under under control and, and within his, his minutes, God, he's incredible. I think it's like 10 points and 7 rebounds in 15 minutes. It's just crazy a night. Wow. So he's great. And he's also showing DeAndre Aiden how to be um, uh, uh, a hard roller on the pick and roll. So he's 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 rolling hard and uh JaVale is showing uh DeAndre Ayton how to do that a little bit better too, so that's fun.
1: Okay. Uh DeAndre Ayton, this is a player that I that I sincerely do appreciate as far as being a center in this league and still being able to play at a high level and not just not only just be a rim runner, but have some offensive skill. Now, with mm-hmm. that being said, he hasn't gotten paid yet, but this is a player <laughs> that is looking to get paid, Dave. He's looking to get mm-hmm. paid. How do you think in terms of how he's played so far this year, do you think he's gonna, do you, do you think he's gonna really see that payday from the Phoenix Suns?
0: Oh uh, yeah, okay, so I'm gonna ask it, I'm gonna answer this question a couple of different ways. First of all, how has he reacted? I thought he might go into a funk. Um, he's 20, barely 23 years old, by far the youngest guy in the rotation. And in terms of, skill set to roll on the team he's made the most sacrifices for the team he's not looking for his offense offensively all he's doing is diving he's doing what he even openly calls the role i hate now he does it with love right he's he's deandre and he comes from the bahamas if he wasn't playing basketball he'd be walking the beach i mean it's just that's just who he is so he's when he says these things he doesn't say it with malice he just says it with honesty he's like you know, I'm not, I don't love being a big man. No big man has ever loved being a big man, unless that's the only way they got in the league. You look back at Amari Stoudemire, you look at Anthony Davis today, you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo. None of those guys want to play center full-time, none of them, right? Because they don't want to bang against the other guys all the time on offense and defense. And so they want to just be able to sometimes stand outside and shoot. And so Ayton openly says he doesn't love being the doing the big man role but what he's done this year is actually play it better than he even did last year and he plays it with good spirit an open mind a happy face a happy really great he's in the best shape of his career he's moving faster than he ever has he's diving harder he's running the running the floor harder even in the wake of the disappointment of not getting the extension and um at least third hand being basically told he's a little bit too lazy for a max extension for a number one pick, even though no number one, first of all, only four number one picks ever have not gotten a max extension. And second, none of those took their team to the finals in their third year that didn't get the max. So, I mean, yes. come on. So, uh, will he get the max next summer? Yes. Will it be from the Suns? Um, probably. But um, I, you know what? If they didn't extend him this past summer, I don't know what to expect anymore. Uh, they may believe what some believe in that you can get 80% of the player for 10% of the cost. Okay, great. You know who's 80% of the player in terms of skills? JaVale McGee. Is that a guy you want to play 30 minutes a game and rest your, all of your hopes on? No. There's another thought that what about Jakob Pertl from the Spurs? You can get him for a fraction of the cost, right? He's probably 75% of Deandre Ayton. Will would Jakob Pertl carry the Suns through the through the playoffs to the finals? No. That's the difference. That's the guy. You need the guy who's better. Like you can get 80% of Steph Curry. Is that dude as good as Steph Curry? No. <laughs> I'd rather pay Steph Curry 40 million. <laughs> Then some dude 10 million to play 80% of Seth Curry's game. Cause anybody, not anybody, but a lot of guys in the league can put up 25 points if they're given all the shots Curry has. Does that mean they're, no. So um, anyway, long story short, I think that Ayton has played great. I've been incredibly impressed with his attitude this year. He's playing harder than ever but in a good way, not in an angry way, not in a prove-it way. He's not taking any extra shots. He's getting a few extra shots on offense. He's getting a little bit more creativity, being given a little bit more opportunities to shine this year, mostly by Chris Paul finding him on the on the high roll instead of the mid roll instead of the low, always waiting until he gets down low. And he's sealing off little guys a little bit more this year. So he's playing better, and that's awesome, considering he got stonewalled on an extension. So I, I love it. And yes, he'll be making max money next year. The question is, do the Suns have to match an offer? Do they do a sign and trade, or do they actually give him the contract outright? That's we have, we don't know which one it is, but he will be making max.
2: Hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it's with the Suns. Geez, it's well. I mean, it needs spot? to be.
0: <laughs> well, well, let me ask you guys: Would you, in a sign and trade? Now, I'm not going to talk about assets required to match and all this stuff right now, but. If Carl Anthony Towns was available next summer and DeAndre Ayton's max extension is about Carl Anthony Towns's, uh, it's only 3 million off, 10% off of what a max extension for Ayton is. Who would you rather have if the Minnesota said, trade me Ayton in a sign and trade for Towns?
1: Ooh. You see, I'm not sure because. I mean, granted, I, I will say this: Carr-Anthony Towns this year has stepped up defensively. He does look a little better, but see, that's the that's the give and take, I guess, with the situation. Like, do you want you're going to get a lot of offense from Carr-Anthony Towns and Devin Booker? They're good friends, so that relationship is there. But are you going to get the same defensive intensity and just you know, and this the the day to day consistency that you're going to get from Aiden out of Carr-Anthony Towns that I'm just not sure.
2: Yeah, I would I would probably go Aiden. I honestly would. There, there's times where I'm watching Carl Anthony Towns and I'm thinking, you're trying seventy percent of what you can be doing, and right. I usually just don't see that with Aiden. And the consistency with Aiden, I think, is incredibly important if you're trying to, especially with a young guy, because you know, if he's 23 and he's playing consistent, you know, he, he's he's going to be reliable for the next seven, eight years on your team. So, if I'm leaning away, I'm going DeAndre. I think over
0: Carl. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a homer. I've always wanted DeAndre over Carl. Even, even last year I wanted DeAndre over Carl and people were still on the, you know, on the ghost of Carl Anthony Towns on the promise of Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> Look, man, he can shoot nine threes in a game. Awesome. Great. He might right. make five or six of them. Great. How many points did he give up on the other end? And how many points did the team give up? Because he's not your backstop that's going to stop when your guards get blown by. Now, this year, they're going through a stretch where they're playing pretty good defense. That's great. Um, but there was a stretch in uh, when he was in his age 22 year, when Aiden was in uh, – last year was Aiden's 22 year. Carl Anthony Towns' age 22 year was Tom Thibodeau, Jimmy Butler. They made the playoffs. Mm. Who forced his way out of town and who was Jimmy one of Butler. the players that Jimmy <laughs> Butler didn't want to play with anymore because he wouldn't try hard enough? Towns. So there Wiggins go. got a lot of the, a lot of the brunt, but Towns was one of them too that, that Butler didn't want to, you know, deal with anymore and, and, and had tuned out Thibodeau. Um, if you tune out Thibodeau, how fast are you going to tune out Chris Paul? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a big, I'm, look, they might be six of one, half a dozen of another, but if that's true, take the younger guy who makes a couple million less, even if it's not a third or whatever it is, it's a couple million less. Um, I would stay with,
1: with Aiden.
2: Yeah, I think I would agree there. I think it just, it just yeah. makes more sense. The, the stats line up and the personalities line up. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Dave, well, appreciate you coming on, talking yeah. Suns.
0: I appreciate you guys having me. These are always fun. Yes. These are always good episodes. <laughs> uh, let's talk later in the year when the Suns are prepping for the playoffs, and we'll see who the yeah. what the seeds are, and we'll talk more about who their, who their potential matchups are. I still want the Golden State Warriors to get healthy clay back. I want the uh Denver Nuggets to get to get healthy Jamal Murray. I want the Clippers yeah. to get healthy Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. I want all of that to happen. And I want to watch the Suns beat all those teams. And yes, <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
2: Managing editor SB Nation's Brightside Sun. Dave, where can people find your work? Uh and where can yeah. they find you on Twitter?
0: Yeah, so uh the, my our Twitter handle Brightside Sun and I'm also on the podcast Sun Solar Panel. And on Twitter myself, I'm Dave King NBA. Um, the website, if you go look for uh, uh, Sun's content on the web, that you can read the old school style of reading, uh, that's on brightsideofthesun.com. You can find that. We put up articles every day. We had a, a, a ton of a ton of uh, watchers on that and readers on that, and and I just love it. I I have a great time. And so go look for my work in written or podcast form. There we go, yes. Dave King. Appreciate it. Dave, Dave, Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, man.
2: All right, appreciate Dave coming on talking Suns. Mm-hmm. As we said at the top of the show, he's uh, he's trying to hold the excitement back. I think trying to be level-headed, but in this, he said it: the Suns have won the most games in the NBA in the last year and a half. They've just been great. Yep. They've been awesome, without
1: question, without question. And I'm so happy. That Dave gets to be happy down there, but make sure he's <laughs> staying level-headed because I believe he believes that that is a team that can make the Western Western Conference Finals and can compete with that finish, with, with that Golden State Warriors team. And so we've seen them play twice already, and both games were very interesting. Steph didn't go off too much. Dave mentioned that, and so we'll see how it pans out if they continue to play come postseason.
2: Yeah, so I appreciate, we appreciate Dave coming on. Hopefully, uh, have him on later on. Western Conference Finals, Finals time.
1: Mm-hmm. playoff preview or something. But that's going to conclude this edition of the Points in the Paint podcast. Once again, we want to thank Dave King from the bright side, son of SB Nation for joining the Points in the Paint podcast today. Make sure you follow Points Paint at Points PointsPaid on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And you can follow Shams, that's our main man's for all your news around the NBA, the National Basketball Association, and you can catch ITA inside the association with Cam Smith and Shams and the crew every Thursday on Stadium. And listen to Sharp Lessons with my main man, Ben Wittenstein and Nate Jacobson for all your betting tips. And tape. Don't Lie with Michael Felder for all things football, the podcast. And you'll hear from us, Zach B. and my main man, B-Dub, next week.